I had all my medication. I had all everything I could find that a doctor gave me. I had it and I took it and I was ready. And I remember looking over and my baby, um, she was nine months, 10 months old. She was in the crib and she was just staring at me. And I could feel myself, my body just drifting, drifting away. Welcome back to the Inner City Youth Alive Raw Podcast Podcast. uh, with John Jansen and Andrew Braun. And we are here. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Ronald Travers, who you're going to hear from eventually on this podcast because he's a big personality around here. He was making fun of my titling of this podcast, ICYA Raw. He's like, are we going to do wrestling? Are we... Is it going to be, was it Monday night? Well, we might wrestle. I don't, maybe there will be a wrestling podcast. Maybe we should. <laughs> There's some wrestling happens around these streets. Well, thanks for coming back and listen for a second time. Unless you didn't listen to the first one, then you should uh, go back and check out our first podcast with Kent and Harvey and um, Jeremy. Yeah, it's probably either our first or second best one we've done so far. Yeah, I'd say top two. Absolutely. <laughs> definitely, definitely in the top, top two. two. You can tell. We're both dads. Okay. Today is podcast number two. Uh, some pretty serious subject matter, but it's going to be one of our staff here with a, a uh, challenging story that, I don't know, her life story is 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 amazing because she's an amazing lady and we're going to introduce you to her today. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's at times really heavy. Um, she has been through a lot uh, in her... Do we need to put trigger warnings on? Because this is a trigger warning one. Yeah, yeah, I would say that... Like, uh, if you're listening with your young kids, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, this would not be a good one for little kids. Um, uh, this is one where uh, if you have experienced abuse in the past, uh, yeah, just a bit of a trigger warning for you. Just a warning. This one is heavy, but... Uh, in that redemptive kind of way, it's also pretty beautiful because, I mean, if you could see Melvina now, she's just, I don't know, she's a, she's a great person who has worked through some hard life history and come out in a, in a very positive way. So this is Melvina yeah. Gibosh, who uh, now, uh, what is her official title here? She is a community minister. And she's actually helping us right now. Community outreach worker. Outreach worker. Yeah, that's right. So she is primarily working with single moms in the neighborhood. Uh, She's journeyed a similar journey to dozens of these women that she is connecting with. You'll hear right now this amazing story that she has been on. Um, She's been on a journey for sure. Uh, And now she is doing a program that she's trying to get off the ground called Women of Hope. And so she's trying to create a community for moms to get together and just be real with each other. Yeah. When COVID hit, Melvina was one of the people who just stepped up because uh, sometimes we find ourselves looking at each other and going, I'm not doing what I was hired to do. And then everybody says, uh, were any of, are any of us doing what we were hired to do? It's a very strange, jumbled up time. And Melvina was one of the people who, when we said, okay, there's a need for emergency delivery of food hampers, 
she has just rocked her role in that thing. Yeah, she's taking a lead uh, where she is leading a team of about eight of our staff right now. And so shopping for shopping whatever, for food, cooking praying for food, pork, praying for pork. She is uh, trying to organize about 150 hampers going out each week. And so she's just kicking butt at that. Uh, she is making sure that each of those hampers have, uh, it's usually about $25 worth of groceries plus some donated supplies that go in there. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's all good food that she puts in and she knows what a family needs because you'll hear soon that she is a mom to six kids. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and you will hear some difficult things in this podcast as we mentioned before. So just be warned, she's had a tough life. She's had some real difficult things happen, but um, she's making it through. And so we present to you the life story of Melvina Gabosh. Hi, my name is Melvina Gabosh. Um, I grew up in the inner city I grew up in the inner city most of my life. Um, I grew up in the West Broadway area um, most of my life. I went to school everywhere that you can possibly think. Um, my family was on social assistance all my life. My mother was a single mother. Um, she was married when I was older in my teens. But um, we lived um, We lived a, a really, a really you know, isolated inner city life. So being here in the inner city, you know, I I can relate. I can relate to a lot of stories. I can relate to a lot of people. I can relate to a lot of um of of stories about the inner city and, and what it is to be someone that lives in the inner city that um that lives in the inner city, that that's their life, right? And that was my life as a child. Um, I was raised by my mother and I have a younger brother who's six years younger than me. <clears throat> and um, we, we, my, my mother was an awesome woman. She was an awesome woman. She passed away when I was 17 years old. But um, before that, she was, she, was a, she was a great woman to many people. She loved to laugh. She loved to, to, um, to joke around. And she had like this awesome smile and um, this awesome presence. But she also had another side to her that um, in most times it was only me that saw that side. It was a negative side. It was a hard side. It was an angry side. Um, you know, I grew up um, dealing with a lot of issues that, um, you know, people deal with, young children deal with uh, growing up in inner city. Uh, my mother used to drink lots. Um, used to go out, used to leave us a lot. Um, you know, she would come home and there'd be, you know, periods of isolation, periods of darkness, periods of, of, of quietness. Like our home, we needed to be quiet because she was either, um, depressed or hungover or, you know, going through an emotional state. And so, um, I experienced a lot of the effects of, of um, you know, the trauma that she experienced as a child and as a young lady. Um, I, I experienced a lot of effects of her and her her hurt. And um, so I was uh, mentally, emotionally, and physically abused most of my life. 
Um, my mother, I know she loved me, but she just had a hard way of showing that she loved me. Um, it was very different because she she was able to show my my brother that love and affection. So throughout the years, I, I didn't understand why, um, you know, it was different for me, why we couldn't connect, why we, we just couldn't, you know, have that mother-daughter relationship that, you know, we desire, you know, our parents, our mothers to love us, right? And um, so... Uh, growing up in an inner city, I, I like I said, I was very isolated. Uh, my mother kept me away from 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 people a lot, my a lot of my life, and I didn't have many friends. Uh, my grandparents were ministers of the Word of God. They were ministers. They traveled. I spent every waking minute that I could spend with them, um, traveling from you know reserve to reserve in the summer, camp meeting to camp meeting, church to church, fellowship to fellowship. I spent any time that I could spend with them, I spent it with them. And um, I just love my time with them. I love my time in church. I love my time, you know, getting to know God. And as a little girl, I, I felt the love of God at a very young age. I felt um, I felt the spirit of God. I was very um, sensitive to his spirit as a little girl. And, you know, going back home after the summer, Going back home to be with my mom and to be in that atmosphere, um, God was literally the only thing that I had. I only had Him. I only had Him to talk to. Um, I had Him to 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 comfort me and to depend on. And most times, you know, when I would be sent to my room or, you know, taken away, set up, set apart from our family, you know, the family, you know, dynamic of our home function, I I would just talk to God and I'd be like. You know, I love you, Lord. I love you. And I know there's a purpose. Like I, at a young age, you know, five, six, seven, eight, my best friend was, was God. And, um, you know, I thank him for that. I thank him for always being there, always being there with me. You know, um, my mom didn't know how to deal with a lot of issues, a lot of um, hurts that, that, you know, had her and, you know, eventually, um, eventually I went out into the world to try the world on my own for myself. You know, I ran away. From, I left home at 15 years old. I left home. I didn't run away. I left home at 15 years old and I moved in with, um, with a man and I just, you know, I just wanted to be away. I wanted to just live my own life and be away and, be away from her and this and this and that. And, um, you know, she got really sick. She got really, really sick. And she passed away when I was 17 years old. But before she passed away, she called me and she wanted me, it was a couple, it was six months or so before she passed away. She called me and she wanted me to uh, meet with her. And so I went to go meet with her reluctantly. You know, I, I finally did, you know, the person that I was with at the time um, convinced me um, to go like, you know, my mother was going to, was going to pass away that I needed to, needed to go and to be with her and, you know, forgive her. So I went and, um, you know, that was the first time that she told me that the reason why she couldn't show me love or she couldn't show me affection or, you know, she had this anger towards me was because she wasn't able to deal with what happened to her. Um, I was conceived out of rape. So my mother was raped. 
um, and I was conceived out of that. So she didn't know how to deal with that. And like I said, my grandparents being Christians, my grandparents being preachers of the word, they didn't um, believe in certain things. And um, nine months later, I was here. I was I was on 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 this earth, and and you know, my mom didn't know how to deal with that those issues, that hurt, that trauma that she experienced. So um, that was reflected upon me, and and I I experienced a lot of the the negativity of that. So a lot in my life, um, I felt unwanted. I felt um, not loved. I felt uh, like a mistake. You know, I, I know that, you know, even though she said these things to me, she would call me a mistake. She would, you know, tell me that I ruined her life. Um, she wasn't speaking out of, out of, um, out of a place of like that she didn't love me. She was speaking out of a place of hurt and that she didn't know how to deal with that hurt. And, you know, after she passed away, well, she told me what, you know, that, that I was conceived out of rape and um, I got angry. I got really angry at her. I got angry at God. I got angry that how was this my fault? You know, like that's how I thought. Like, how was this my fault? Like, I didn't do this to her. Like I, I felt like that for many years and I got angry and I got angry with the whole world, not just, you know, not just her because at that point then she passed away, right? And I was 17 years old. I had my brother, which was 11 and I was, I had to grow up really fast and, and um, you know, at 17 years old, I started to rebel you know, I started to want to taste the world, to 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 go out and experience the world because I was angry and I was searching for something and I wanted, you know, fulfillment or I wanted, you know, happiness or I wanted to belong or I, I wanted love. So I started seeking love in the wrong places. And um, one of the first relationships that I got involved with after she passed away was um, with a local drug dealer in our area. Um so I became the wife, you would, you would call it. I became, I became that. And, and at first it was fun. At first it was, you know, um, it was exciting and I was trying new things. So I was never a part of that world. I wasn't a part of that growing up. My mom kept me away from it. And um, I was just put into this world of of drugs and alcohol and partings and gangs and and just feeling like I had a place, feeling like I fit in, feeling like, you know, I belonged somewhere, that someone loved me. But, you know, little did I know that I went from one abusive relationship with my mother to another abusive relationship with a man. And, you know, he he broke me down. He, he, he broke me. He broke me. Um, I lived in fear. He took everything away from me. You know, I had a couple, I had a full-time job and a part-time job and I was in school and one by one, he took these things away from me and he isolated me again. I was again into this situation where I was isolated and I was, um, afraid and, and lost and alone. I felt alone. I didn't have no one, like I didn't have my mother. I didn't, you know, like I felt like stuck in this situation. And he, he gave me a lot of, a lot of things, you know, he would, he would, he would beat me up. 
he would fight me, he would hurt me, he would embarrass me, he would he would he would embarrass me in front of his friends and he would do these things to me, but then you know, he would he would buy my affection back and he'd buy me things or he'd pay for things or, you know, he bought me a car, he bought me a ring, he bought me, you know, anything that I wanted, like materialistic things to to say sorry, to keep me there, to keep me with him. And um, so I, I went through that for a couple years. <clears throat> but, you know, every time that I was in a position or a state of mind where I felt like I had nothing, I felt like... You know, I was I was lost to the world where I felt so alone and um, angry and and, you know, a time where I would be get beaten up and sent to my room and, you know, by this man. And I would I would just cry to God and I would cry to him and I'd be like, you know, like, why would you allow this to happen to me? Do you not love me? Do you not do you not see me? Do you not? Do I not have value in your eyes? Like, you know, I'd always like, I started to get to a point where as a little girl, I would always thank him. I would thank him for, for being with me. I would thank him for never allowing me to go through things, things alone. And, but then I, I moved to a point of, of like, why have you forsaken me? You know, like, you know, I went through that and, um, I believe that because I always had faith in God. I always had faith in who he was and he was always my my comforter, right? He was always my defender. He was always like my best friend. So um, he didn't allow me to be in that relationship too long. Um, a couple a couple years in, I just, I found the strength to leave. I found the strength to just know my worth and know my value and know that God had something greater for me. So I um, I decided to leave that relationship. And when I re- left that relationship, I left everything behind. Every materialistic thing that he he bought my affection or he bought my love with or he bought, he bought my forgiveness with, I left it. I left it all behind. I left everything and I started off with nothing again. And... Um, I got my my brother my brother back. He was in his teens, a couple years older, and um, <clears throat> we got a place. We got a place, and um, we got a place just us. And I was pregnant, and that was my first son. My first son was born a couple months after we got the place, our first home together. And my son Malachi was born in two thousand and four, and I was nineteen. I just turned twenty years old, and. Um, my son saved my life. Literally, I hear people, I hear mothers say it all the time that, you know, children have saved their lives. And literally, my son saved my life. My my son was given to me and changed like the course of my life. Um, I didn't I didn't want to <clears throat> I didn't want him to grow up like that. I didn't want him to grow up in in in, in a, an environment where there was an abuse and where there was torment or trauma or I wanted him just to just to have a childhood that I didn't have. So I worked hard. I worked hard to give that to him. I went back to school. I graduated. I graduated in 2000 from high school. I graduated in 2000 and I believe six. I graduated um, from Winnipeg Adult Ed. I went back to school and I was able to accomplish that. And I went on to university. Um, I didn't finish university. I dropped out to start working because I needed to work and I was pregnant with a second child. Um, 
I have six children now. <laughs> I have six children. I'm a mother of six beautiful, beautiful children. Um, my son, which is the oldest, he's 15. And I have five daughters, which are 12, 7, 5, 3, and 1. So I'm pretty busy. <laughs> but you know, um, I went back to I went back to work, and you know, through this time, through that time that I was away from God, um, I was angry. I was still very angry. I was an angry person, and I had a lot of outbursts because I I didn't know how to deal with the hurt or the anger that was inside me, and I just tried to avoid it. I tried to avoid. Um, I try to avoid, you know, the fact that I was abused most of my life. The fact that, you know, I had. Um, men that abused me, that um, I went through this, these emotional, um, these emotional heartbreaks, you know, these, I tried to avoid that. And I got really hard in my heart. I got really hard. And um, I got hard to a lot of people, a lot of people in my life, a lot of people in, I just got hard. And um, um, I just got hard. And I found myself giving my life back to the Lord when I was 25 years old. And I served the Lord for a couple years. I had two children. I had my son and my daughter, Nevaeh, so Malachi and Nevaeh. And um, I gave my life back to the Lord at 25. And I I stayed, I, I served the Lord for two years. And I found myself back in the world again. And um, because there was things that I haven't dealt with, I didn't deal with, and I didn't know how to deal with, and there was lots of anger and lots of judgment, lots of, um, of uh, con- con- I was condemning myself. I condemned myself a lot. And so I was back in the world. And when I went back into the world, I lost everything, everything that God gave me. I lost it. Everything He gave me, He took it away from me. And um, I was broken. And I was alone, and I got addicted to I got addicted to pain medication. I got addicted to antidepressants. I got addicted to sleeping pills. I got addicted to all these these forms of um, like medication that the doctor gave me to 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 find peace. Like you know, like I went to go see a doctor. I saw a psychiatrist. I I I I reached out. I wanted to be healed. I wanted to to receive healing. I wanted to be okay in my own skin. And um, so I went through all that. And um, it was a hard, hard road. Like, I remember my two children experienced what I experienced as a child. I was, um, I was my mom. I was my mom, you know, 20 years later, you know, that I was that person. I was in the dark. I was, I was depressed and I was like closing myself, isolating me, isolating myself away from the world and, and just not liking myself, not wanting to deal with the hurt and the anger and the frustration and the disappointment and, you know, condemning myself and just living in, in this unworthiness and not feeling justified, not feeling, you know, worthy of, 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 of life. And so I drowned in myself in, in pain medication. I got addicted. Um, I got into another relationship with, um, I got into another relationship with a man that um, he wasn't what he portrayed himself to be. Um, 
I had two beautiful children with him. I thank God for that. I thank God for that. But he ended up being addicted to to um, to crack cocaine, and um, you know I went through lots with him. I went through lots with him. Um, being in a relationship with someone that's an addict. And being an addict yourself of, you know, something else, some other substance, we lived a really hard life. And, you know, we we lived from paycheck to paycheck. We lived in the inner city. Like, I, I found myself back in the inner city. I found myself living on welfare. I found myself just being what I didn't want to be, what I didn't want my children to grow up in. That's what I was. And, um, you know, I try to take my life. I try to take my life. Um, I try to take my life. I had all my medication. I had all everything I could find that a doctor gave me. I had it and I took it and I was ready. And I remember looking over and my baby, um, she was nine months, 10 months old. She was in the crib and she was just staring at me and I could feel myself, my body just drifting, drifting away. And, um, I could feel my, my, myself, my soul drifting away. And at that point, I was just like done, right? I was just like, no, I, I, I don't deserve to live. My children deserve better. My children deserve a mother that loves them and that can be there and supply all their needs. I thought my children deserved better than me. And so I try to take my life. But right at that instant, when I felt my body going into this hole the fear of God just came upon me the fear of God came upon me and I was like I remember not speaking it not speaking it with my mouth but screaming it inside I was like Jesus 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 I don't want to die I don't want to die and right at that moment it was like he came down right to me, right where I was. He came down to me and he picked me up and he sat me on the side of my bed. It was just like he just scooped me up, you know, with his, with his, with his arms. And he sat me on my bed and I just cried. I cried for, for hours. I cried for hours. And it was then that God started the healing inside me. The healing that needed to be done. God started a healing inside me and it wasn't easy. It's not easy to face who you are. You know, it's not easy to face your hurt. It's not easy to face your anger. It's not easy to face your own demons. But it had to happen. And I started to face issues of, of you know, anger. You know, God usually does things in stages and in, in, um, in, in stages, he does things in stages. And, and at that point it was time for me to deal with the anger that was in me and the unforgiveness that I had towards my mother. And, um, so I did, and I ended up, I ended up out in, um, Easterville, Manitoba at my auntie, my auntie was having, uh, a tent meeting my auntie and her husband and I ended up over there I just messaged her I was like I want to come 
And she, she was like, yes, come. So I went. Um, we went over there, me and my children. We went, and I gave my life to the Lord. And um, I gave my life to the Lord, and so many things changed like since then. And in that time, He just started to, to heal me, and I found myself back in church. I found myself... Um, you know, just seeking God, seeking His face and seeking who He is and the love that He has for us. Like, He's so wonderful. Like, He truly is so wonderful. And He's such a forgiving, forgiving Father. And, you know, He 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 rebuilt me. He, re he restored me. He, you know, He gave me back everything that the enemy tried to take from me. I left my relationship. I left that relationship that I was in. Um, God took that person out of my life. And there was a period of time where I was alone. I was alone, but it was a time of of just seeking God's face, just just being able to be in my own skin and being able to just just love myself again and 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 love who he is and you know, just love myself again. And when the time was right, he he brought this man this man into my life that is now my husband. I met him at um, his grandparents' church where where he was, and um, I met him there. And uh, we got married a year later, and we have two beautiful children together. So um, I had. I had four children before him, and then we had two children together, so we have six children. And, um, you know, my husband is, is, is a good man. He's a good man, and he loves me. He loves my children. He loves us. You know, we're on this, this path of growing together. We're on this path of, of learning who God is and just becoming one. You know, when we first got married, it was, it was difficult it was difficult. It was, um, when I first got married, it was difficult, you know, like as anyone who gets married is going to be difficult. <laughs> you, you know, you, you start to learn things about the other person and, you know, and, but God was there. God was faithful. God saw us through many, 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 many challenges. And, um, he wasn't saved when I, when I married him, I was saved and my, my, my heart belonged to God, but my husband was not saved when uh, we got married and um but the lord showed me a vision of him my the lord showed me a vision of him and he showed me that my husband would be a man of god that that was his calling that was his purpose and so you know we married and and you know we became one and as my husband's on this healing journey i'm on a healing journey right and I'm I'm working with God, and He's working with God, and you know I I I I had faith that God would save my husband, would deliver him, would would set him free, and bring us bring us together as one in the spirit. And uh, He did just that. He did just that, and my husband gave his life to the Lord a few years ago, and um, I'm so thankful that God is faithful. I'm so thankful that God is 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 gracious and He's forgiving and you know that He's faithful. He's faithful to us and my husband 
is serving the Lord now, and he's in, he serves as an associate pastor alongside with me. So it's me and him. We're associate pastors at our church. And God is good, you know, like he's so good. And that what he's doing in my husband's life, what he's doing in my life, what he's doing in our home, what he's doing in us is just marvelous to witness. Like sometimes it's like, is it us that this is happening to? Or, you know, like, you know, when we got called, when we got called into this ministry, when we got called into the ministry to be associate pastors, it was, it, it was God. It was, it was God. It was God. It wasn't us, you know, it wasn't us trying to, to, to get a platform. It wasn't, it was God, you know, and I thank him for that. Uh, we sit under uh, my pastor, um, my pastor, Marty and Rose Thunder McLean, well, Rose Thunder McLean and my pastor, Marty McLean um, at Encounter Life Fellowship. And they're just awesome, awesome awesome. They're awesome leaders to be under. And me and my husband have learned so much with them. Uh, we're growing, we're, we're strength, like our faith is just getting so much stronger. And I just love where God is, where God is taking us, you know, and um, before, before we, we got into this fellowship, I came to another place in, in my in my walk with God where, like I said, God goes in stages, right? He does the healing in stages. And um, he did a healing when I first gave my life to the Lord. And that was in my unforgiveness and, and, and you know, um, my unforgiveness to my mother. He released me from that. And then I, I served the Lord for a couple of years and I started to preach and I started to to share my testimony. And I, but then God took me to a place, a place where he needed to break me again. He needed to break me again. And um, it was the most difficult time of my life. I've never experienced something like it. Um. So I lost my grandfather two years ago. Um, he was an awesome man of God. He was my comforter. He was my prayer warrior. He was, oh, he was just everything to me. He was everything to me. He was my home away from home, but he was my home. You know, like, as I told you that I grew up in a home where I was abused all the time. And my escape was my grandparents. And the Lord came and took him, took him to be, to go home, <laughs> took him, to, it was his time, it was his time to go home. And after I lost him, you know, I went through uh, a lot of things like emotionally and personally and it's a lot of things. It's a lot of things I went through. And one of the things was um, unworthiness that the Lord had to deliver me from. Feeling like I was unworthy, feeling like I was didn't have no one, feeling like an orphan. I had like an orphan spirit, um, an orphan mentality. Um, you know, God had to separate me and... He had to do another work in my life, another healing in my life. And um, what had happened is I was pregnant with my last child. My last child, I was pregnant with her, and it was a very difficult pregnancy. 
um, the doctors just did not think that we were going to make it, that I was going to make it. It was either her or me. Um, it was very, very difficult. And I remember being alone in the delivery room, well, in the operating room, in the delivery room. I was, I was alone and, um, I thought I was going to die. I thought I was going to die. Like that's how severe it got. And I don't want to get into details with that because, you know, it's very personal, but I was alone and no one was there with me. And I felt like I was going to die alone. I felt like I was going to die alone. That's how I felt. Like I can't, I can't explain it anything. I can't explain it any other way than other than I thought I was going to die alone. And um, I was taped to the operating table and I was looking up and I was just like talking to God and I was thanking him. I was thanking him. I was thanking him for everything that he's done in my life. Thanking him for, you know, bringing me, my husband, for blessing me with my children and for for never giving up on me. Like, and I just asked him just to watch over my children, that someone would love them. I, you know, I was prepared. I was prepared to, to make heaven my home. And um, I looked over and my grandfather was sitting there beside me and I could see him there. And But he was so young. He was so young. It was like he was like a young man and with just jet black hair. Like he, he didn't even look like my grandfather, but I knew it was my grandfather. It was like my grandfather before I ever met him. <laughs> That's how he looked. And... Um, um, I just, I remember falling asleep, I guess, and then I waking up in the delivery room and I was just so in shock that I woke up. I was so in shock. Like I didn't know that I was alive. I was like, my sister-in-law was there and I just looked over and I was like, am I alive? Like, am I in heaven? Like, am I here? And she's like, yes, you're here. And I was like, how is baby? Um, baby's good you know like she was born at um, 29 weeks well 30 weeks and so she was premature she was only three pounds when she was born it was such a difficult pregnancy she just needed to come out and um, um, did you know at that moment when I thought I was gonna die I never felt so unloved in my life I never felt so unloved in my life. But that moment that I realized that God had mercy on my life and he came down and he saved me just in time. I never felt so loved, so loved that God came and he just, he saw value in me and he saw worth in me and he saw everything that I never saw in myself. He saw in me and he just, He breathed, he, he breathed, breathed his life into me, you know, and he spared me and, and my daughter, not only just me, but me and my daughter. And right there was the beginning of another healing journey. And that healing journey was just knowing that God loves me, knowing that I have value. He had to teach me, he had to take me to a point where it was just him and I just him and I, nobody else but him and I, to break me. Because I always, like, I always, like, had this, like, 
unworthiness, the spirit of unworthiness, the spirit of, of like rejection, the spirit of, 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 of being a mistake, the spirit of not being loved. I always felt that my whole life. But for him to break that off of me, he needed to show me just how much he loved me and that all I needed was him, that I don't need anything else but him. And when you put your trust in him and you give your life to him, he's all, he's all you need. And that's from that point, that's what I did. And, you know, that was December, December 8th, 2017, the day that God just changed my heart. He transformed, transformed me. He transformed me. He transformed me. Like, now I know what he sees. Now I see what he has always seen in me. I believe it. I believe that I'm a child of God. I believe that I'm loved. I believe that I have purpose. I believe that... that I'm worthy, that I'm worthy of his love. And I thank him for that. I thank him for, for, for allowing, for taking me to that, taking me to a place that I had to be completely broken and reliant on him, solely reliant on him to have that broken off of me. You know, and since then, life has just been awesome, like, Life has been awesome. Life has been awesome. You know, everything that I've learned about myself and learned about God and how I'm able to see myself the way he sees me. You know, he's given me and my husband so much. You know, he He blessed us with this opportunity to be a part of a fellowship that we're so honored to be a part of. Like, so honored, like, to think about it. Like, just me, little old me. I'm an associate pastor. How is, how, how is that possible? How is that possible that Malvina Gabosh is an associate pastor? It's because God saw me fit. And he, you know, I was willing to just experience the cleaning and, and you know, to, to have that stuff broken off of me and to just love myself, right? Because I, I was in a place where I hated myself and I needed to love myself. And, and you know, and I just thank him, like, for everything that he's done. And I didn't think I was going to come here and cry, but I guess I did because that's just how good he is. Like, you know, I could just tell the story over and over and over again of what he's done in my life, where he's brought me from. And it's going to always bring tears to me because I lived it, right? I lived it. I was in it. Like, I was I was that little child running around in the inner city, just running around on the streets playing and, you know, didn't have birthday parties, didn't, didn't make it to school on time, hardly made it to school. Like, you know, didn't know if we were going to eat supper that night, you know, my mother lived her life and we were we were we were poor and we lived in poverty and 
you know, which which reflected a lot, a lot of anger and hurt and, you know, all this stuff growing up and going through it and getting involved with gangs and 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 drugs and my own addictions and my own hurts to experiencing a loss, experiencing, you know, but it all brought me full circle. It all brought me full circle to my purpose in life. And my purpose is just to be a daughter of God, just to be his daughter. Even though I didn't feel like I had a father my whole life, I had a father. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? I had a father and he is my father. He is my father. No, he truly is. He truly is like my life, my everything. I've given everything to him. I've given everything to him. I surrendered everything to him. Everything that needs to be cleaned out of me, everything that needs to be changed, everything that needs to be, that I need to surrender to him, everything that needs to be transformed, I've given it to him. And, you know, I'm still a work in progress. There's still things, you know, we're not all perfect, but we, 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 we put our faith in God. We put our faith in God and he does the rest, you know, he does the work. He, he shows up and he, changes what needs to be changed and you know he opens doors where doors need to be open he shuts doors where doors need need to be closed and I thank him for that I thank him for everything he's done in my life like I thank him you know like if you truly truly knew who I was and how I thought about myself it wasn't even how I thought about the world it was how I thought about myself it was how I thought I was just not valuable of love, that I was ugly and hated, you know, like, but for God just to transform my mind and my my love and my energy and my peace and my, you know, it's and it's all through the word of God, you know, like you read the word of God and it's all printed there who you are, how he sees you the love that he has for you, it's all there. It's in the word of God. And, you know, by just coming here and sharing my testimony and sharing who I am, like, I just wanted to share it because I feel that, you know, growing up in the inner city, growing up in the streets of Winnipeg, going through abuse, going through heartbreak, going through the systems and going through everything, that there is hope. There is hope. There's hope, and his name is Jesus. There's hope for everyone. There's hope, and his name is Jesus. And that everyone has a purpose. So if you feel that you don't have a purpose, that you feel like you're, you know, you don't have no choices, or you don't feel like you, you don't have a way out, your way out is God. Your way out is God. Your way out is him. And that's just like as a pastor, as an associate pastor, that's my testimony just to, I want people to experience God in a way that it's so personal and so, so personal and so interpersonal that it's just you and him that you can that you know that there's a hope, that there's a reason, there's a purpose, there's a reason why you go through all this because, you know, he has 
a destiny for your life. He, there's, there's, you're preordained. You were formed even before you were, you were in the womb. You know, and you know, there's so many hurting people out there. There's so many people that just don't know the love of God. And for my ministry, what God has called me for is just to, just to show the love of God and to encourage someone with my testimony, to encourage someone with, with, you know, how I, how I used to feel and how I used to see myself and where I was and the life I lived to the transformation that God can have when he, when you give it all to him, when you allow him into your heart, when you allow him into your life, when you allow him to come in and make a difference because it's only him that's the difference that can make a difference. And when you allow him in and you give him your life, there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be trials. There's going to be storms. There's going to be testings, but it's all for a purpose, you know, because we have to experience that inner healing, the inner healing that a lot of us are afraid to experience. We need to experience it to truly be what God has called us to be. And I don't know where I'm going from here. I don't know what's up, what's next for me. I don't know where God has me. But all I can say is that here I am, Lord, and I'm willing. Here I am, and I'm willing. And I think that's my testimony. You know, that's my testimony that, you know, here I am, and I'm willing to do whatever else you have me to do, to say whatever else you have me to say, to share whatever else you would have me share. I'm willing. And I believe that there's healing in, in testimonies. And I believe that there's, there's freedom when we connect and we come together in unity and we share each other's testimonies. And when we just are real, you know, when we're really just real with who we are and what God has done in our lives. Like, the inner, inner, inner things of, of us, you know, like when we can come to a point where we can, you know, come here and just sit here and cry to, you know, just cry and tell me te your testimony. Like, it's just, it's beautiful in its own. And I'm just so honored to be able to share my testimony. And I hope that it encourages someone. I hope that it touches someone. I hope that, you know, maybe encourages you to sh step out and touch it share your testimony because I believe that our testimonies in this day and age are are what people out there need to hear, that there is hope and we have a hope in Jesus. Amen. Amen. So that was rough. That I mean, rough and beautiful. And beautiful, yeah. Melvina is a warrior, as you see there. She has passion and spirit mm -hmm. through everything that she's been through. She is not timid. She's a, a picture of like how in the kingdom of God, the very best thing is this theme of redemption, right? That God yeah. can take your ugliest situation and and grow a garden in the, in the midst of a of a real big mess. Mm -hmm. My one son recently said, hey, if there's one thing we know, 
He said, God grows the prettiest flowers in manure. <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly how he said it, but that's enough. <laughs> but that's true. Sometimes in a, in a really rough environment, uh, there's yeah. the most extreme acts of redemption. And that's what you see with Melvina. And how God is using that now where she is living that story out as hard as it is. She is living that out by caring and loving women who are going through very similar stuff right now. And uh, knowing that there is a good ending and there can be a good ending and that there are people that love them. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the, that's uh, part of the story that Melvina has. So I guess we could invite, you know, like we talked about in the last podcast, we have a deep understanding of the degree to which um, we have various members of our community. Some are the people who live in the North End. Some are staff who work here. Others are the donors who support us. Others are volunteers who come and work with us. Uh, Everybody has a really vital role to play. There's a lot of plants in this garden, and the garden only grows well if we got all the plants. And so um, when it comes to Melvina, she's looking for supporters right now. Uh, she raises a part of her supporters. She raises it herself, and she's uh, always in need of monthly supporters. So if you want to get behind Melvina and become a monthly supporter of hers, you I can vouch from the ground level you would be supporting uh, an amazing person doing amazing stuff in a difficult situation. So yeah, I invite I, you to get in touch and do that. And you would hear more of the stories like this. Uh, so Melvina, as a supporter of hers, you would hear from her multiple times in the year where she would share about what she is doing, the impact of your support. And yeah, it would be a, a two-way conversation. She'll want to hear from you. That's true. And she would love to hear your encouragements. So not only as a financial supporter, but as a prayer supporter and an encouraging supporter. That's right. All right. Well, we'll be back with another podcast coming up soon. So join us for the next ICYA podcast. And um, we will... Uh, who are we aiming at next time? There's gonna there's, there's some good ones coming up. Lots of good ones. We got some... Of Ronald, who's coming up. We've got some more conversations with Harvey. Got a TED Talk I did a long time ago coming up, but we'll maybe talk about the difficulties of development and um, relief work and how they they work together and fight against each other sometimes because there's some difficult issues there. We basically just want to get ourselves uh, having a discussion in a larger way with the community around us about some of the issues we face. And so thanks for listening to ICYA Raw. I'm John Jansen. And I'm Andrew Braun. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.